Hello. All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am very excited to discuss this Denver Nuggets win as the Nuggets take down the vaunted Phoenix Suns. Final score of that one, 97-87. to 87. Uh, Obviously, the game was a little bit late last night. I stayed late at Ball Arena trying to get up a good article. Uh, that's always going to happen, and, and so I decided not to podcast late last night and wanted to do it uh, during the next day, especially because, guys, we got a three-day three day gap now. Three-day gap between games. This is going to be a long time uh, just having to wait for the, the actual game three on Friday night, but we're going to take it slow. We're going to enjoy this, and we are going to enjoy it together. Uh, I'm excited for this one, folks. Thank you for Hanging out with me today, always a pleasure to podcast for you. Uh, guys, this was a this was an ugly game. This was an ugly, ugly game last night. And and most important thing is that the Nuggets continuously find ways to win in different ways. Like they it doesn't matter whether it's pretty, doesn't matter whether it's uh, a little bit ugly like it like it was last night. Jamal Murray couldn't throw a pee in the ocean. That was a a pretty big storyline throughout, but Nikola Jokic, unbelievable. The Nuggets defense, unbelievable. Most important thing Denver could do uh, was just survive in that stretch and make sure that in a game where Devin Booker and Kevin Durant combined to play like 90 minutes, 89 minutes, somewhere around there, uh, that's a the most important thing is that you just get out of there with a win and then you can regroup, try to steal at least one on the road in these next couple. But Denver, they had to grind this one out. This was not a pretty game. This was not game one where Denver's offense was beautiful. They weren't really disrupted at all. The Suns couldn't really miss from the mid-range in game one, but uh, they could miss from game two. And it was very, very important that they did so. Uh, And it was very, very important that once again, Denver had the best player on the floor. It just wasn't Jamal Murray this time. It was the two-time back-to-back MVP, Nikola Jokic. 39 points, 16 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 1 blocks. Uh, 17 of 30 from the field is an incredible number. It's an incredible feat to get up 30 shots in a game where the defensive intensity is just its ratcheted all the way up. The work that Jokic has to do on the defensive end, covering in the pick and roll as much as he does, he's done a great job on that end of the floor. But it didn't take away from the fact that offensively he was the best player on either team. Uh, And when Murray wasn't really good for the vast majority of this game, uh, Jokic still managed. He still found a way. He put the team on his back with 26 points in the second half. He was, I think... 6 of 12 uh, with 13 points in the first half, which means that he was 11 of 18 in the second half. And that's just a crazy number in general. But the most important thing is those 26 points. Denver needed every single one of them to get over the top to ultimately break Phoenix. On like For Phoenix, it's on the road. Denver needed this home victory. And Jokic, he just continuously finds a way, man. Like He just continuously does it and rises to the occasion in everything that the Nuggets have asked him to do. Uh, They've challenged him 
on both ends of the floor. Uh, Phoenix is going to continue to challenge him on both ends of the floor. Even if Chris Paul doesn't play, even if he's found a way to win his matchup with DeAndre Ayton, there's no doubt in my mind that Phoenix is going to continue to challenge him and, and Jokic will continue to be challenged for the rest of the playoffs. But this is what Nuggets fans have been waiting for. This is what Nuggets fans have been crowing about, have been just pleading with everybody to say, no, we have a guy. We have a guy that we believe in. Uh, there is no doubt that Jokic can rise to the occasion in these moments. Just had an injured team. Just had a team that didn't really fit. Just had an uh, a option, like or had no options. No options over the course of these last couple of years, basically. And so, even though Murray wasn't good in this one, thought he set the table pretty well for Jokic off of that short roll. Gave Jokic a lot of opportunity to be the superstar that everybody knows that he needs to be. And he was the best player on the floor in a game that featured Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. And that's a really, really big deal. How he continues to do this and, and whether he can continue to push through it like this at the energy level and the intensity level that he's doing remains to be seen. We, we will see what happens for the rest of the series, for the rest of the playoffs. But this, to me, was Jokic's big moment. This, to me, like right before all the MVP stuff comes out today, him to him doing that last night was such a big deal. <laughs> just Just a really, really big deal to remind everybody, oh, yeah. This is what happens. This is what it looks like when Jokic is fully locked in, fully engaged. He's unstoppable. He wasn't fully locked in and fully engaged in March and April. Like, that just didn't happen. And that's okay. Nuggets fans know that the, the goal is a little bit bigger than that this time around. Uh, the Nuggets organization, Jokic, Malone, everybody on that team, they know that the MVP doesn't drive Nikola Jokic. But there were several questions yesterday about the MVP race about it being announced, uh, a couple of the ESPN guys were, were asking those questions, trying to get some good answers out of him, good sound bites out of him. And Jokic said, no interest, no interest. I, I just would rather go swimming. I'm not going to watch the, the MVP announcement or anything like that because his motives and, and his motivations are way bigger than that and just continues to show that consistently. I am... Just so impressed with the way that he has approached this, with the way that he can step up in these moments where things aren't going well for your team. That's fine. I can be this in this situation. When things are going well for Denver's offense, Jokic only has to score 10 points. He only has to shoot the ball seven times. Like It's not a big deal. But when things aren't going well, when he knows that the team needs that little extra boost, he's very capable of stepping up to the plate and just cons consistently does that. So really impressive stuff. Denver holds home court because they have the best player on the floor in two straight games. And we'll see if that continues to maintain in games three and four, but hard not to be excited about where the season is going and where Nikola Jokic is taking the Nuggets right now. On the other end of the spectrum, uh, Jamal Murray... <laughs> 10 points, 8 assists, 3 of 15 from the field, and 0 of 9 from 3. Uh, this was a rough one. This was a, a rough game from Jamal Murray, and it's too bad because he's been playing. He's played really well for the vast majority of these playoffs. 
and after the big moment that he had in game one, lays an egg in game two, and he like it was really funny being in the post game area when he came to the podium, which he didn't have to do, and, and I'm glad that he did it. It shows some maturity, but uh, he didn't have to do that. He looked at his box score in front of everybody, and then just like I went zero of nine from three. It was just he was very surprised to see that and, and just just could not like even fathom it but it was it was bad it was just a bad game and he owned up to it in the post game he'll have to be better for sure uh i'm not surprised that when phoenix overreacted to murray the way that they did it opened up things for jokic but murray's got to be better in rising above the level of pressure that they were putting on him, the level of physicality that they were playing at the level, everything that they were doing. Uh, There's no doubt in my mind that he's got to be that second star. He didn't have to be in game two because Phoenix did not score that well. They only scored 87 points. That's a big deal. Murray actually probably the worst defender on the, on the, not on the team, but like, in the starting lineup in the in that game and, and had to be out there just so that they could run consistent pick and roll at the end. But it just wasn't a great all-around game from Jamal. He had to he miss some closeouts, didn't box out a couple times, uh, got back cut, like just not not the not the best game in general. But he's got to rise above it. He has to be playing physical. Uh and yeah, I I, I do agree with this, Joe. Like I in fairness, Phoenix devoted a lot of energy and resources to stopping Murray. I said this to somebody in the media room. It is so important that Jamal did what he did in game one as opposed to game two. Because game one happened and Phoenix was like, oh crap, we have to stop that guy too. We have to make sure that he does not beat us in the next game. And they did. They made sure they, that Murray did not beat them. He They sold out on him in a lot of ways. They were very physical on him. They were hedging a lot of ball screens. They were trying to get the ball out of his hands and putting it all on Jokic and all on the rest of the Nuggets to come up come up bases. And Murray did not handle that that well. But at the end, found a little bit of a rhythm, found a little bit of time, and in the clutch, had a couple assists to, to Joker. Had a couple of plays where he moved the ball to Joker and then Joker hit KCP for three. That was a really big play uh, in like around the seven or eight minute mark. And there were a lot of times where Murray just missed open shots. And sometimes when your energy is sapped like that, that's just going to happen. But Murray's got to play better. Everybody knows that. He knows that. He's absolutely going to play better. I feel like stronger than just about anybody outside of Jokic that Murray bounces back in a big way in these moments. Like he's just not going to let that get to him. So it was a good thing that Murray went off in game one because Phoenix, they had to respond in game two. They took him out of his stuff in game two. And now it's up to Murray to respond in game three. Like he knows that that ball pressure is going to come. The Nuggets know that that ball pressure is going to come. How does he handle it? We will, we'll see what happens on the road. And last, before we hit a break, Aaron Gordon. This was an incredible Aaron Gordon game. Didn't have a lot of rebounds. Didn't have a lot of assists. Did have two steals and a block. That was big. The most important things that he did, though, 
or put pressure on the rim, make his shots again, and play incredible defense. Aaron Gordon in this game went 16 points, 5 of 8 from the field, only 1 of 3 from 3 this time, but the first 3 that he attempted, he hit. That was a big deal. And he went 5 of 6 from the free throw line. Again, that dude has been unbelievable as a free throw shooter in the playoffs. I want to just pull this up just so I'm not um, so I'm not messing up the number. We are going to pull up Aaron Gordon's playoff free throw percentage. He is at 88.9% after missing one last night. I mean, holy hell, that's an incredible number. And like he deserves so much credit for turning that around. He was shooting like 62% in the regular season. That's, that's an incredible turnaround for somebody. And he's been taking a lot more time. I think Phoenix was even like, is he getting 10 second violations on his free throw we're seeing? Like, what are we doing here? Can you stop taking as much time? Aaron, take as much time as you need. Like, just just take a breath, couple dribbles. Most important thing is that he's comfortable and, and he seems more comfortable in, in these moments. And uh, CT, I, I totally agree with this, by the way. Second best player on the Nuggets last night. Murray didn't show up in a big way. But that's the great thing about the Nuggets is that they have three other guys outside of Jokic that are capable of being the second best or even the first best player on, on, on a night. And with Aaron playing the level of defense that he did on Kevin Durant, limited him almost completely when Gordon was matched up against KD. KD had some success against Christian, uh, Christian Brown. He had some success against Bruce Brown. Had some success when switched out onto either Murray or, or MPJ or guys like that. But the most important thing was that when Denver was in their base defense look, when they were trying to match up physically with the Suns, KD couldn't do anything against Aaron Gordon. That's an incredible thing to say. I didn't expect that to happen. I didn't expect AG to be a like an impact defender like this. I thought he would be more of a shadow defender, somebody who would make things a little bit difficult for KD, but not impossible. And yeah, did KD miss some shots? Sure. But that's what the NBA is all about. That's what the playoffs are all about. Aaron Gordon rising to this moment, playing physical defense, not letting KD get to the rim, doing everything in his power to wall up and, and prevent shots that are easy, prevent, prevent shots that are within 10 feet, Everything that KD is taking right now when matched up against Aaron Gordon is between like 10 and 20 feet. And that's just a, that's a great place to live if you are Aaron Gordon. Like just got to keep working like that and hopefully it persists, hopefully it continues because that is a big time play uh, that Aaron Gordon is making. And, and it's the entire reason why Denver went out and traded for him. Like he's filling the exact role that the Nuggets need for him to fill. And I'm just very excited for uh, the way that he is approaching this moment because last year he did not approach it well against Draymond Green. And who knows? Like maybe he's going to have a rematch of that possibility. But uh, at least in this moment, AG deserves a lot of credit for the way that he steps up, the way that he has played in these moments and, and risen to the occasion in the playoffs as opposed to shrinking. It's really, really cool. All right, tell you what, let's take a break. When we come back, we will get to KCP, Michael Porter Jr., and the rest of the Nuggets bench in the second segment. But first, 
everybody. As you know, this podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook. Baseball is back. The push for postseason is on for hockey and hoops. I'm obviously sorry about the Avs and them losing in Game 7, but if you're still looking on betting, you're still trying to make it work, make it all count this spring with Superbook. They're the best wagering app around with a direct line to experienced bookmakers in Las Vegas. Plus, get a $250 bonus when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day. Don't let spring pass you by without winning money with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the pod. If you can, give us a like on the YouTube side. That would really help me out and really help grow the channel on that side as well. We're doing a lot of great things here at Mile High Sports, and it's not just me. It's uh, we got a lot of Broncos coverage, the Let's Talk Broncos crew. They do a great job on this channel as well. And obviously, there's a lot of radio content that gets posted on here, and they do great segments that are very podcast-like. So make sure to go check those out, especially with Anil Apiro and Cody Rourke. Those guys do a great job. All right, let's now discuss KCP. KCP earned all of his playoff game checks last night. Like, just an unbelievable shooting performance from him right when the Nuggets needed it. Think about this. Had three three-pointers in the quarter, in that fourth quarter. Two of them relatively early, one of them relatively late. The Suns scored 14 points. KCP scored nine of them, on, uh, scored nine points for Denver on those three shots. His clutch shooting, his ability to step up when the team absolutely needed it, absolutely needed to have it, such a big deal. 14 points on six shots alone. 5 of 6 from the field, 4 of 4 from 3. And he did have some good defensive possessions on Devin Booker. Now, I do want to just give Devin Booker credit. He's unbelievable last night as well. And most important thing is to just try to make it difficult on him. And it, it wasn't that difficult for him for several points in that game. But when it mattered in that fourth quarter, Booker slowed down. Didn't have as many opportunities. They went to KD. A lot in that moment, and AG and, and Bruce Brown, they stepped up and did a great job, but didn't go to Devin Booker as much as I thought that they would. And that's that's okay with everybody. I think that Booker played really, really well, and I think KCP's ability to kind of mirror him, shadow him, make some, make some important plays, that's a really, really big thing for Denver. They just have to have everybody step up, and KCP absolutely did that. Uh, it's really exciting for Denver to have a lot of options now because KCP is just one option in general. That's a, that is a very, very important thing. Um, all right. Tyler Livingston says, ballsy call from Malone to not play MPJ in the fourth. What do you think of that? Um, let's talk about Michael Porter. I thought it was the right call. I thought it was absolutely the right call. I thought that Michael Porter was fine defensively. He made some good contests, not great contests, but Booker scored on him, CP3 scored on him, Kevin Durant scored on him. And it wasn't like Porter was 
really shooting that well. Bruce Brown has been one of Denver's best players in the entire playoffs. And I thought that he earned the right to close in a moment where uh, Denver needed somebody who could do a little bit of extra ball handling because Murray was getting blitzed and not playing really well. Uh, Denver doesn't have another ball handler in that starting lineup if Murray's getting blitzed that way. So it's important for Denver to kind of understand the game flow. And Michael Porter wasn't playing great. Aaron Gordon was. KCP was. Murray, you're going to keep out there because like he did in the clutch, like he has to, he has to be out there in those moments. Uh, so the only question is whether MPJ is going to be out there. And I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at what they decided to do with that. I think that MPJ is on a different level from Murray and Jokic and that he doesn't have to be out there as a star scorer. Like it's just, it's not a thing. And Denver needed to win with defense. So they put in their best defensive lineup. And Bruce Brown absolutely earned it. So I am not worried about it at all. But most important thing is that Denver got a win and they found a way to uh, they found a way to make it work. Like just just have to find a way. With with Porter specifically, I don't think that I think that they're gonna have to find ways. And I'll talk about this a little bit more in the third segment, but I think they've got to find ways to get him involved, to keep him involved. Uh they can't score 97 points again. Like, that's just that just can't happen. And the best way to do that is for getting MPJ going. He's had 16 points in these two games combined, averaging eight points a game in the series, and he's just got to be better than that. It's not just on Malone to get him better. It's not just on the rest of the, or the other teammates to get him better. Like, he's got to be better himself. So I'm not worried about it. Like, MPJ, guys, MPJ's defense has been good in this series. I'm not trying to dispel that. And he would be helpful. Like, there, there's no doubt about it. But Denver found a group that worked. And that's the most important thing is you got to win no matter how you got to do it. They'll get MPJ going again. And he'll have his moments in this series, let alone in the rest of the playoffs. But I am not worried about it. Like, Denver found the formula that worked. And, like, they also needed that secondary ball handler. So if you're not going to take out any of the other guys – then I, I I just don't think it was necessary to take out Bruce Brown at that point. He played great. He played – he was fantastic. So, is what it is. Um, Yeah, Porter will, Porter will be fine. He will – like, he's, he's an adult. He can he can grow from this and understand just – like, it wasn't anything that he did wrong. It's that Denver had better options. That's fine. All right. Bench lineup for Denver was the same in both quarter or both halves. Jamal Murray, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, and Aaron Gordon. Uh, I love what Bruce Brown and Christian Brown brought. I think that Jeff Green also was fine. Like definitely had some good moments for sure. But most important thing with this group is the identity and the grittiness. Most important thing with this group is that they always have opportunities to make plays defensively, to switch, to guard, to do everything that they can to make life hell for whoever star scorer is out there for the Suns. In that second quarter, it was Devin Booker. And in the fourth quarter, I'm pretty sure it was both Devin Booker and KD. And Denver had a lot of success in those moments. It was really, really cool to see. Most important thing for the Nuggets in those moments is just to not give up anything easy. And they never did. Like, that was the big key for the first four minutes or so of that fourth quarter, where 
Denver has this lineup out there. And I, I think they actually went they went back to Jokic for Jeff Green a little bit earlier than expected. But in those moments, they're not giving up a lot of points. They are not giving up a lot of easy looks. Everybody's just hustling everywhere. There was a little bit of a rebounding problem, and we could talk about that in just a bit. But I do think that like it's just a really interesting thing that Denver's found a lineup that really works. Like just go look through these plus minuses. Murray has a plus 14. Gordon was plus 11. Bruce Brown was plus 12. Christian Brown plus 15 led the entire team in just 16 minutes. And then Jeff Green was plus 7. Like, that's great. That's unbelievable. Think about where the plus minuses were in the regular season for that group. It was just anytime you got above even, you were singing singing and dancing. The way that this bench is playing, Michael Malone and company deserve so much credit. So much credit for being able to show up there. Uh, it is going to be very, very interesting. I am, I'm just really excited for the way that this team has come together and, and they're all playing well. Most important, like even like Murray wasn't great. Murray was, Murray was actually horrible, but his game one kind of makes up for it. But like the team as a whole is defending extremely, extremely well. And in the moments when Joker isn't out there, like Joker with, with the way that they have to play defense with Joker out there, just a traditional center, that's going to get cooked a little bit more than if a non-traditional lineup is out there like the one that they have with this bench. But it is just so interesting to see them play this dynamically with a an all-switching lineup. I tried to ask Jeff Green about it in shoot-around. He didn't really give me a great answer, but uh, it's just really, really cool to see the bench play with that level of tenacity and switchability and, and toughness and grit. And, and they all they all contributed to it. Bruce Brown, unbelievable. Unbelievable stuff from Bruce Brown. He continues to find a way to make an impact against Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. Like he was guarding KD a lot down the stretch. <laughs> like they didn't even have Aaron Gordon on KD a lot of the time. They had Bruce Brown on him. And he defends him just about as well as anybody. It's just been really, really cool to see that block that Bruce Brown had in the clutch where he's jumping out of the gym to block a Kevin Durant jump shot. That dude's seven foot and his release is so high. Like it's just unbelievable to see Bruce Brown get to that ball and it's just all hustle. It is all ferociousness. It's aggressiveness and and Bruce being able to do that it, it's such an impact thing. Like his his role has shifted around every which way in these playoffs, and he's playing it to a T. Uh, just made an absolutely positive impact against Kevin Durant so far in this series, and against Devin Booker so far in this series. Although I actually think he's been better against KD, which is hilarious. Very very funny. All right, Jeff Green. Sixteen minutes was plus seven. Awesome dunk in that first half after uh, Kevin Durant overplayed up an inbound pass. Tried to tip it out. Uh, had a couple blocks. Jeff Green did. Had a couple. Had four rebounds. Just really, really nice to see him uh, take up that mantle as the backup, as the backup big man. They don't need a ton from him. They need gritty play. They need somebody who's fundamentally sound. They need somebody who can take a, take a charge occasionally. Can move the ball. And one of these days, Jeff Green's going to hit that three at the top of the key. 
he ran a, a 5-4 pick and roll with Jokic, uh, where Jokic is running the pick and roll and he's picking and popping. And Jeff Green got the three, missed it, but it was uh, cleaned up by Jokic at the, the front of the rim in, I think, that second quarter. But there's just a lot to like about what Jeff Green's providing. Uh, one turnover, not a big deal, plus seven. Like, Plus seven in 16 minutes is such a big deal. And he's he's a part of that unit. I, I know that he's probably the weak, the weak link in that unit, but he's fighting for position, doing everything he can to battle on the boards. And like that's just the level of competition and the level of aggressiveness that you're not really expecting. Or that, you, that you didn't really see from the regular season that he's now translating to the playoffs. So as it turns out, Jeff Green, another level that he could reach in a clutch moment, in a playoff moment. That's really, really exciting. And then Christian Brown. 16 minutes for him, just two points, three rebounds, but he was plus 15. And he has the best defensive rating on the team in this series. Now, part of that is just the lineups that he's playing. He's playing mostly with all bench line, or not the all bench, but like the non-Jokic groups where he doesn't have to really chase people around the screens the way that KCP's doing and Aaron Gordon's doing when Jokic is out there. But uh, it's still really, really impressive. I don't think that Devin Booker really likes Christian Brown that much. I think that he is he is making his life very difficult. And the way that Christian Brown's rising to the occasion in that moment is just really, really cool. I think back to game one against the Timberwolves where matches up with Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson, not a fan. Christian Brown, perfectly fine being that instigator, just not going to back down in this moment. And for him to step up in this way, uh, it's just really, really exciting that Denver has a guy like that, that they can always count upon. They have the six foot four kind of bulldog defender in Bruce Brown, and they've got the six foot seven athletic, long, uh, physical defender in Christian Brown, who's a little bit more versatile, but like, impactful in a different way. And both of those guys, like being able to bring in Bruce Brown and Christian Brown off the bench when your team needs a little bit of a boost, they can lock in defensively in those moments. And I really like that look. I remember when Malone went to that on December 20th against the Memphis Grizzlies. And it was at that point when they started that unit, when Murray was out, MPJ was out, they start Bruce Brown, KCP, Christian Brown, Aaron Gordon, Nicole Jokic against the Grizzlies. Hold that team to 90. And you knew in that point that, okay, so it's in there. Like they're capable of doing it. They just have to lock in. They have to play with that level of physicality and intensity and attention to detail. And Christian Brown embodies all of those things. He's not perfect. Like he probably needs to make more shots. He's not playing well from a shot-making perspective, but he's doing everything else really well and just continuously making things difficult on on Devin Booker, on Kevin Durant. He was picking up Chris Paul full court. I wonder what's going to happen with Chris Paul for the rest of the series. But if that means Christian Brown gets an opportunity to defend uh, one of Kevin Durant or Devin Booker more, then I think that's a good thing for Denver. That's a really, really exciting thing. Because And how, how many, like you can't say that about any rookie in this playoffs because he's the last rookie standing in rotations. But how many rookies have you ever been able to really say that before? Where, like, yeah, sure, Kevin Durant, yeah, hey, Rook, go guard him in the playoffs. How many people, how many rookies in years past would people be able to say, oh, yeah, he can do that? Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, doesn't matter. Like, rookie, like, you go get him. 
that's nuts. That is insanity. Nobody ever does that. So it's it's really cool to see him kind of blossom in this moment. This is going to be great experience for Christian Brown, and I think he's, he's going to be confident for this for, for a long time as a result. Really good win for Denver. Really good stuff. And the most important thing they can do now is to take the show on the road. They've defended their home court. Most important thing they can do, game three, game four, get at least one of those, and give yourself an opportunity to win the series in five. That would be the best possible. Actually, well, the best possible thing would be to say Suns in negative four. That's what I'm waiting for. Uh, but the Nugs in four chance at Ball Arena last night, those were incredible. Like, I think Nuggets fans are, they are ready for this. They hate the Suns. And it's really cool just, just to be a part of that environment. So let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about just a, a litany of things uh, that, that kind of loom for the rest of the series. But first, a message from Vic Lombardi and Lance Armstrong. We'll be right back. clip from the most recent uh, Vic Lombardi podcast where he talks all about uh, different categories, different topics of life uh, on Mile High Life, the channel uh, that is kind of uh, con- like also also going on with Mile High Sports. We've, we've broken up things. Half of it's Mile High Sports, half of it's Mile High Life. Uh, just a lot of great stuff from Vic Lombardi. That episode Will is it just went live this morning. You should go check it out with Lance Armstrong on Vic Lombardi's newest podcast with Mile High Life. All right, final segment here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Nuggets defend home court now. That's the most important thing. I said at the beginning of this series that, like, with the way that the schedule broke down, where you've got these three off days Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you play a game three on Friday, being able to go up 2 0. And forcing the Suns to have to think about that. Forcing the Suns to think about that for three straight days. Now, they might get healthy. They might have an opportunity to win game three still. Uh, There's no doubt about it. But the difference between 1-1 going back to Phoenix and 2-0 going back to Phoenix is such a big deal. Because that's a veteran team over there in Phoenix where they've got a lot of guys that are capable of stepping up in those moments. And I don't want to say the series is over because we just saw the Sacramento Kings and Golden State Warriors play, Sacramento wins their first two home games and then loses the series because they lost four of their next five games. I do not want to like, that can still happen with Denver. There's no doubt in my mind that that can still happen. But what I will say is that the Nuggets have put themselves into the best possible position that they can. There's only so much that they could do. There's only so much they could they could find out. And the way that they have defended, the way that they have played, even when Porters combined for 16 points in the first two games, even when Murray just laid an egg in game two. Like them being able to defend home court is such a big deal. And they have an opportunity that they're they're gonna be okay. Like they are just going to be okay. Uh this is so funny. Uh so confused. Turning what well, Ryan has Lance Armstrong on. Yeah, no, that was a that was a uh a commercial, my guy. It's so funny. Uh, we're we're doing great over here at Mile High Sports. There's there's a lot there's a lot going on that isn't just me. But make sure to check all that out. Um, 
Nuggets will protect Phoenix home court too and win both games there as well. Dehan, that would be amazing. I would I would love to see that. Like I said, Suns in negative four. I am waiting for the tweet. I am waiting for the opportunity to just like uh, be able to throw all of my receipts out there of everybody that was like, yeah, Nuggets, no. No way the Nuggets can actually do this. No way the Nuggets can defend the Phoenix Suns. Come on now. Uh, it would be very, very cool to be able to see that. But we will see. We'll see what happens. That's what I was, uh, yeah, just realized. Winning with defense against the Suns is such a big deal because of the way that like so many people talked about Denver. Because of the way, like, and I kind of talked about this too. I did not think that Denver would have this level of success defensively. I just didn't. I think a lot of people are in that same boat too, where you didn't really expect them to defend this well. You didn't really expect them to play this great against the Phoenix Suns, but they are. And and got to take advantage of it now. Like The most important thing you could do is just ride the wave, realizing, hey, you've got a defensive formula that works. You're going to make it physical on them. You're going to try to avoid fouling and put, like try to avoid giving them the easy stuff, like getting to the foul line. Uh, last night, Phoenix turned the ball over just nine times. Uh, a little bit different from what happened in game one. But that's one of the other things, is that Phoenix in years past, uh, and, and including this last series against the Clippers, they weren't turning the ball over a ton. And they're still like, nah, like 14 and 9 is, is not, like, that's not a crazy large number of turnovers. But if Denver can just keep that number above like 7 consistently, make sure the Phoenix isn't turning the ball over like 5 or fewer times, they're going to be okay. And Phoenix only attempting 5 free throws, that's also a really big deal. Denver's done such a great job of defending without fouling while being physical, like doing it in a legal way, but making sure that they feel you, making sure that they know that they're not going to get anything easy. Now, whistles can change going to different locations, and I have a feeling that the Suns will get a much better whistle on uh, in their home building. So can Denver bring that same level of defense on the road? I think is a legitimate question. I don't expect them to hold the Suns down for that much longer. Like, I think that they caught the Suns by surprise, but the Suns did figure some things out in game three or in, in the third quarter of game two. There's a lot to be there. But they also need to have like this, this massively impressive performance from Devin Booker or Kevin Durant or both of them in order to really have a chance here. And that's a, that's a good thing for Denver that they have to reach that level. They have to reach that. Denver's not going to give them anything less. Like Denver scored 97 points and they won by 10. How crazy is that? So Denver's going to be better on offense. You know that they're not going to play as badly on offense as they did in this last game. Jamal's going to be way better than where he was. I don't think you need to I don't think you need to do anything crazy. I don't think you need to change up anything that much. Like just try to play physically. Try to do so without fouling. And if you can, then like, you're going to set yourself up extremely, extremely well. Chris Paul's status for Game 3, of course, that looms large in this conversation. I have no idea what it's ultimately going to look like with him because like, we'll, we'll probably get some information today on the severity of the injury unless I, unless I miss something on Twitter that has come across my – does not come across the timeline. Uh, I've, I've been podcasting, so I, got, I have no idea, but – it does look to me like 
it could be pretty serious for Chris Paul. Like most of the time, if you have a groin strain like that, it's just so painful to be able to move. Like you can't really push off. You can't really pull. You can't really do all of the things that you're expecting to do with your body. And the groin is just connected to everything. So I hope that in general, like if he doesn't play, obviously Denver's got to take advantage. The Suns are already down like so many rotation players after this past trade. Like they just don't have any depth. And taking away one of the guys that you expected to count upon, that's a really, really tough thing. So is is Cameron Payne going to start at point guard for them? Maybe Damian Lee starts and they and they move Devin Booker to the one. Maybe they decide to go back to Landry Shamit, who did not play in game one and then was admonished by the Suns people by those Suns people, and then they realized, okay, so nobody can play off the bench. Landry Shamit was getting a whole bunch of blame when he's just like everybody else. Uh, but we will see what it ultimately looks like. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sad to see CP3 go. Like. Everybody's saying in the chat that, that CP was playing dirty and the way that he tried to uh, like hit Jamal like in that first game. Like I see people saying karma in the in the comment section. So I'm like, look, I don't ever want to see anybody get hurt. Like, but I do want to see people fail. <laughs> like I do want to see Chris Paul fail. Like the way that he's acted in all of this, the way that he plays. I'm okay seeing him fail. I don't want to see him get hurt, but I would have loved to see him stay healthy and Denver still roll. That would have been that would have been really cool. Two more things before we get out of here. Nuggets need to get MPJ involved again. I, I don't I don't think that's a secret. I think that that's going to be a very important factor for the rest of this series. It's just what can they get from MPJ? Like I've mentioned, only 16 points in the first two games. I think he had seven shots in this last game, nine shots in the first game. So he's got 16 points on 16 shots. That's just not good enough. He's got to get to the free throw line a little bit. He's got to find a way to be impactful, even when he's not like getting the requisite shot attempts that he needs. Defense was fine in game two. It was better in game one. Uh, but I do think that Denver's best answers for the Suns questions that they kind of throw out at Denver are going to be if if MPJ can run some DHOs, if he can get to the rim, if he can play through contact and play with some force the way that he did in game one, but also uh, just in the entire Minnesota series where he was, he was looking like that dude. And he is liable to have some bad games. I, I don't think that he should be like held to the same standard that Jokic and Murray are because he's just, just not quite there. He hasn't been battle tested in that regard. But this is a great opportunity for him to show some growth. This is a great opportunity for him to play with that level of force, to understand the level that he needs to reach in the series and know that he's going to be bumped off his spot a lot of times and still shoot anyway and still make it anyway. He will be better because he's too talented not to be. I feel pretty good about that, but uh, it's hard not to. Like, he's, he's been so great. Like I'm not going to be disappointed in him if he, if he fails in that regard, but he is going to have to step up at some point if Denver wants to win a title. Like He did step up in round one, hasn't been great so far in round two, but there's no reason why he can't be great in game three. There's no reason why he can't be great in game four. Like He can do that. He's shown that he can do that. Basically helped Denver win game three against Minnesota uh, by being potentially the best player on the floor in that moment. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him. 
and I do think that the Nuggets will try to get him going. Uh, they know they need him. They know that they need him. They can't just turn to Bruce Brown every time. And they haven't. Like, this is the first time in the playoffs that MPJ has not closed the game. So, anybody that says, like, oh, Malone's bad for that. Malone's not doing what he's supposed to be doing in that situation. Like, there's one call. Like, one time. And I think that overall, Denver's been really reliant on MPJ and all of those other moments. And they will continue to be so. Uh, just needed a different uh, vision in game one. Or in game two. So, we will see. We will see what it looks like. Lastly, there's been a lot of Jokic appreciation on the timeline. There's been a lot of folks that are like, so we bullied everybody into giving Joel Embiid the MVP, despite the fact that we're watching greatness here, despite the fact that we're watching what this guy can do. Jokic has been unbelievable, continues to be unbelievable in the playoffs so far. Let's just look at the numbers. 27.7 points per game. Uh, He's taken 21 shots, 49.3 from the field, 46.7 from three, uh, up to 74% from the free throw line. has been a little bit better in that regard. 14 rebounds a game, eight assists per game, one steal. And Denver's playing great defense while he's out there. This is a historic, historic start. And the way that he's going with this, the way that he's playing, Can't relax. Can't give Phoenix any opportunities to come back here. Jokic, if he travels the way that we know that he can, he travels and he plays with the force, with the definitiveness, with the aggressiveness, and and with the poise that we know that he can bring, then Denver has an opportunity to finish this series pretty quickly. Maybe in a similar way to the Minnesota series. Maybe they'll split in Phoenix and then come back and win game five. That to me seems like a very strong possibility, but they've got to get it done. And Jokic is the guy that you're going to be leaning on in those situations. Think about the 43 that he had in Minnesota. Obviously, it came in a loss, but he played so well in that game and and just making some crazy plays. He's capable of doing that, capable of doing that on a consistent basis. And we're at the start of a really historic run. If this is if this is going to continue the way that we think it can, I'm so happy that he played the way that he did in the face of all the MVP stuff. Because like James Harden goes off for 45 points in the previous game, hits a game-winning shot over Jalen, no, uh, over Al Horford to win Game One in a game that Embiid wasn't out there. Like I think that says a lot more about Boston than it says about Philly. Personally, but there is something to be said that Philly's now 13 and 5 without their guy. And we've seen what happens when with Denver sometimes. Sometimes they kind of shut it down. Sometimes things aren't going well. Sometimes the rest of the team isn't shooting well. Murray, as much as I love him, like sometimes he's liable to have a bad game in, in that situation. It was really bad. Porter hasn't figured it out in the first two games of this series. But Jokic still just keeps going. And his ability to put the team on his back. It's really MVP. Like it's 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 just an MVP characteristic in everything you want him to do. And I am hopeful. I am looking forward to what's to come with him because this could be an epic run. Now it may not be. Like there, there's still teams that can eliminate Denver. Phoenix can still eliminate Denver. They have the talent to do it. But if this thing goes the way that 
we all think that he can, then I'm just excited for the blowback. I'm excited for the discourse. I'm excited for what that's going to look like. And people are going to have to have a reckoning with the way that they've treated this dude because he is so good and so talented and about all the right things. And the most important thing you can be in that situation is humble and grateful. And Jokic has never said a bad thing about anybody else, even through all this process. And he deserves this. He absolutely does. What he's had to go through, what he's had to accomplish in order to reach this ladder, he deserves this for sure. And I am looking forward to that moment of coronation. I know all Nuggets fans are looking forward to it just as much. MVP, not a coronation. Joker's already got two of those. But if you get to the finals, if you can deliver on that stage too, then all bets are off. And fans are going to have to, they're going to have a lot to answer for. That's for sure. Michael, let that outro music for me. Everybody, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. What a game to win for Denver as they take down the Phoenix Suns. They defend their home court. It's going to get hard on in Game 3, in Game 4 against the Suns, but I know that the Nuggets are down for it. I know that they are ready for this moment. It is going to be so fun to see Denver deliver on that stage as well because if you go Suns in negative four, oh, there's going to be hell to pay. Going to be so great. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Hit that like button on the way out of this show. We'll talk to you guys very shortly. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.